This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, January 14th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. During good economic times, state governments should be cutting taxes and maybe putting something aside for a rainy day. So as state legislatures get back to work this January, what's a state to do with windfall revenues? It's a good problem to have, but a bigger problem than you might imagine. Ray Hederman is vice president for policy at the Buckeye Institute in Ohio. We spoke last month in Phoenix. A lot of states are doing fairly well economically and uh, are running surpluses. And my home state of Kentucky is not one of them. Um, But what is the big risk of running surpluses? Sure. You know, states are about uh, finishing a decade of growth. Uh, They're spending more after the Great Recession. Their budget's going up every year. And right now, most states are flush with cash due to a strong economy. Uh, Tax receipts are coming in. There are a few states that are still in financial difficulty. These are going to be states that uh, depend heavily on fossil fuels, coal, oil, you know, Alaska, Wyoming, Kentucky, a few others are struggling. Some states like Illinois are having a little bit of a difficulty through spending more. And what happens is when tax revenues are good, politicians a lot of times will take a look and say, instead of returning the money to taxpayers and letting people keep more of their money, they'll want to spend it on state projects. So you're seeing a lot more discretionary spending, uh, big ideas coming forward. Everybody gets a chance to knock off their wish list because they can do it without raising taxes. Big big ideas are never a good thing. That's right. That's government. right. And that's why you know you, you know states have to run a balanced budget. You know it's very different from the federal government where people can spend on deficits. And so you know when uh, revenues are high, uh, states that don't have a way to automatically return that to taxpayers, you know, politicians can look at this and say we can spend it. You know, now's the time I have my pet idea. Uh, maybe I want to spend more on, you know, build a new museum, give more uh, to the Ohio Wine Growers Association, you know, or, or many different corporate welfare projects that are scattered throughout the country. Okay, so uh, what states get this right? I mean, Colorado seems like a, a likely candidate, uh, North Carolina perhaps, but but uh, how are those states doing and how have their uh, programs to do sort of automatic returns of excess revenues to taxpayers. How have those states really performed when it comes to uh, dealing with surpluses? So, so you know, that what just happens is states that have built in kind of institutional safeguards, like the Taxpayer Bill of Rights that constrains how much people can spend and constrains basically the ability for politicians to raise taxes easily, uh, tend to grow uh, uh, economically faster, very efficiently. And they're able to do that by letting people keep more of their own money. Businesses have certainty that they're not going to be hit with blindside with new taxes. And so as a consequence, their economic growth remains strong and robust. Uh, and even when you know there's a change in party, uh, like there has been in Colorado, uh, the, ta- the Colorado Taxpayer Bill of Rights uh, has remained very popular and has put a constraint on how much legislatures can spend in good times. And so, you know, the prudent thing is to for some states to take a look and say, look, if revenues are over a certain amount, automatically return that to taxpayers, uh, making sure that states, you know, are able to build up some of their rainy day funds so in a recession they don't have to raise taxes to balance the budget. And I think, you know, one of the things prudent states should be doing right now is preparing for the pension uh, tsunami, you know, making sure that they have an adequate amount put away 
uh, to be able to address the rising cost of pensions because a lot of state pension plans are still a defined benefit program where you know state workers who are qualified will get a certain amount of money for as long as they live, which means that states are going to be on the hook for a great deal of these uh, future pension promises. And so, you know, uh, uh, every economic policy from Keynes, you know, to Adam Smith, to Frederick Hayek says, you know, when you're running a surplus, running in good times, you know, you shouldn't actually be booming, spending money, you should be, pr- be a prudent, return to taxpayers, making sure you're addressing your long-term debt problems. Okay, so rainy day funds. This is a pretty typical approach that states take because they do have to balance their budgets uh, in some way, even if that means some radical spending cuts in many many cases. But, you know, when you think about what a rainy day fund is, you're essentially keeping the money and you're setting it aside for some purpose. It doesn't seem to constrain government in the way that perhaps it ought to. Is that right? Yeah. You know, I mean, as I said, uh, uh, the first best solution is to give money back to the taxpayers, you know, making sure that uh, because, you know, governments basically only they don't raise their own money. They only raise it from people's wallets. Right. And so they take the money from people and then uh, uh, figure out what to do with it. And so uh, when the government has a surplus, it's because they're taking too much money from businesses and families. And so the idea for some of these rainy day funds at the state level is to be able to make sure that uh, when a recession happens, that a state won't have to, you know, raise taxes or dramatically uh, immediately cut services uh, uh, when there's a, basically a slowdown. And so, you know, it's a second best solution, but it's one I think that most states are following. And so since we're not living in an ideal world, a far better option than spending it is to basically to build up your reserves or even better, you know, to basically start paying some of these long-term debts and the pension problems. I mean, you know, Ohio is a state that's taking a few bites at pension reforms, uh, but nowhere nearly enough. Um, and so as a consequence, uh, our pension system's not fully funded. Uh, most states do not have fully funded pension systems. And we've seen, you know, some where it's just a, a fiscal disaster where cities have gone bankrupt. Uh, and is putting a great strain on services uh, from a state. Uh, to what extent can, and this longtime listeners will uh, recognize this uh, <laughs> bit of this bugaboo of mine, to what extent can states prioritize the debts that they have in good times and say, hey, if there's anything over and above X number of dollars, we're going to pay off our perhaps our smallest debt? Uh, our, you know, our long-term bond obligations. Uh, you know, is, is there any state that, that that's looking at clearing the decks in a sense so that even in a time where things do get a little tighter, the money might still be there? Yeah. I mean, some states have been looking at doing that, you know, uh, uh, trying to pay down some of their bonds uh, right now uh, with cash. Uh, uh, Arizona has looked at that. You know, but again, unfortunately, um, uh, a lot of what we're seeing right now is, you know, the surpluses are being used to help promote uh, more spending projects. Um, And so I think states are not being as prudent and kind of preparing for that rainy day as they should. Uh, And so, you know, if you take a look at kind of uh, measures about how long, uh, what's the uh, state's uh, reserve funds, for example, uh, uh, many of those are not considered adequate enough to overcome kind of a moderate to severe recession. So, you know, I think states that are looking at paying down their existing debt immediately, 
putting some away in uh, to their pension funds to repair for those drawdowns. You know, those are states going to do better when the economy turns. So, uh, what looks like an adequate rainy day fund? Is it? I mean, in terms of an economic downturn, we can't predict how large or uh, how long term those those downturns will be. Sure. So, so uh, uh, the Pew Center for States kind of has a definition of basically how many days a state uh, can be prepared and how long they'll be able to uh, use the rainy day fund to pay for operations during a recession, right? And so they basically define it as a moderate recession, severe recession. And so, you know, at the very least, you know, states want to be able to uh, uh, ride out a moderate recession of a quarter or two. Uh, you know, as we remember, uh, during the Great Recession, you know, states were bailed out to a large extent by the federal government. You know, massive, you know, the stimulus bill had a lot of dollars uh, that went to state governments. Um, and so, if a, and that creates its own problems, right? Because then all of a sudden, you know, states uh, uh, become more reliant on the federal government. They don't have incentives to prepare for the next recession if the federal government's going to bail them out. Or they or they use those funds to commit to a long-term it, it, stream it, 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 And that's exactly going to say, right? And so what they did is that instead of, uh, 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 you know, and so the Keynesian theory, which I don't agree with, is you take the money and you put it in very uh, immediate projects for a spending boost. But a lot of states were saying, you know what? We can use this federal money for like kind of our wish list of these long-term projects. And, you know, again, it, it did not work uh, to basically spur the economic recovery. You know, we saw the recession being very, very slow. Um, and so what's prudent fiscal policy for states is if you're not going to give it back to the taxpayers, then make sure that you have the money so you're not relying on the federal government and paying down as much debt as you can, making sure that you're going to be prepared, you know, for your pensions because pension debt is putting a bigger pressure on city and state budgets. So if you're, uh, you know, we're talking in December, uh, a lot of states will begin their legislative sessions in January uh, for those states who have the money and want to do something prudent with it. What's the rank ordering of what they ought to do? Is it return it to taxpayers? Is it shore up a rainy day fund? Is it pay down debt? Is it fund pensions properly? Sure. I think uh, first thing you want to do is uh, take a look and say, okay, you know, your most economically inefficient tax are going to be your taxes on capital. You know, can you, can you lower, you know, your corporate, your business taxes? Can you do, can you lower uh, individual income taxes for states? Give the money back to taxpayers because if it stays in the state government, the incentive to spend it uh, is so strong. Uh, uh, an even better policy would be to take a look at building some of these institutional protections. You know, it could be a good tax trigger that money is automatically returned to taxpayers. You know, North Carolina has has looked at that. Could be a taxpayer bill of rights. So the first thing is give money back to taxpayers. The second thing I would look at is making sure that uh, your pension fund obligations are going to be funded because, you know, this is going to be one of the story for the next 10 to 20 years uh, or, and even longer is how states are going to be able to pay out their pension obligations. Most states are not going to be ready for it. Third, tap up your rainy day fund uh, if it's not fully funded. And, you know, that. And then fourth, you know, if there's any money left over, give it back to the taxpayers. Don't embark on these spending programs that are not going to be sustainable. And so when the economy slows, all of a sudden you're going to see states in worse physical shape because, you know, they were spent uh, so much money during the good times. It seems like there are a lot of states, though, that are sort of trapped in a, in a world where whatever comes in, they spend it. 
uh, they feel like they have to, and they have many priorities. I mean, I'm obviously thinking about uh, Kentucky, my home right. state, um, but you know, not having that breathing room can prevent a lot of uh, more ambitious things like tax reform. You know, if you're a state right now that is really struggling with uh, their budgets, uh, that tell you know you should be very concerned that you have a pretty much either a structural problem with your budget that your spending is simply not sustainable, or you need to take a look at kind of what what part of the economy uh, your tax base is dependent on, because right now we are at a period of. Uh, unemployment, which is below the historical average in just about every state. You're taking a look at robust economic growth, tax revenues for most states remaining strong. And so if you're a state right now that doesn't have breathing room, you're going to have to make some very tough decisions about adjusting your spending and physical priorities because you are not in a sustainable situation. If you are not having a budget surplus or tax revenues are not strong right now, if the economy starts to slow, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So for states like Kentucky, you need to basically take a look and say, where are we spending our money? You know, Medicaid, is our education program sound? You know, where are we putting our dollars, our taxpayer dollars? And what can we do to make us more sustainable in the future? Ray Hederman is Vice President for Policy at the Buckeye Institute in Ohio. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.